You're listening to Women Making Waves. Women Making Waves contributor Jan Moore meets violinist Paula Muldoon. Paula is the leader of the Cambridge Philharmonic Orchestra and has played all over the world, but she's more recently become a software engineer. She tells Jan about combining these two seemingly disparate worlds. I've always needed to exercise both halves of my brain. So music is you know, the creative and the emotional thing, but I've always really liked puzzles and logic and, and that sort of side of things. And I really like the fact of having to be a beginner at something at the age of 30. It's really frustrating and annoying, but also really cool because you learn so much more about yourself and so much more about what you're capable of doing. If you Google Paula Muldoon, she's described as a software engineer and violinist. I'm intrigued to find out why the change from professional violinist playing in the Carnegie Hall to software developer. So Paula, tell me a bit about your earlier musical education, learning to play the violin. Yeah, so the violin was the first instrument that I picked up at the age of seven. Um, I grew up in America and a family friend had a musical business teaching young children to play instruments and I was always fascinated by the violins there. And I remember the day that I found out you could put your fingers on the string and make different pitches and that was really a revelation for me. So then I started having violin lessons and then gradually started going to Boston for lessons and then one thing turned into another and then all of a sudden I've got a master's degree and I'm playing all over the world with the violin. (laughs) And you've played for... Well, I mean, you play with Sir Simon Rattle and Marin Allsop and, and all sorts of things. So what's been the highlight of, I mean, amazing career? Oh, gosh, it's hard to pick. I think for me, it's um, seeing different concert halls in different cities, especially in Switzerland and Germany. The mm. concert halls there are so wonderful. And each each city has its own unique sort of flavour of architecture and sound. So it's been wonderful to experience all those. It's a very unique way of life and quite a range of musical styles as well yeah a fair amount um anything i've done some baroque stuff i do a lot of historically informed performance of 19th century music so gut strings but with a modern violin and sometimes a classical bow sometimes a modern bow um right through to you know, 20th century and new music so if most of your life then has been the violin from such an early age like most most instrumentalists start very young i want to know how you've managed to segue from that into software engineering <laughs> it's not a logical choice is it's it it's <laughs> not a logical choice at all so just can you explain i'm really intrigued by that yeah well i've always needed to exercise both halves of my brain so music is you know it's the creative and the emotional thing but i've always really liked puzzles and logic and and that sort of side of things and after i'd done professional violin playing for I don't know, five or six years, and I'd had the full-time orchestra job. I'd been all over the world, and I was in China working with an orchestra there, and they offered me a job leading the orchestra, and I just thought, I don't want to commute to China to play the violin. I'd like to try something else. And I really like the fact of having to be a beginner at something at the age of 30. It's really frustrating and annoying, but also really cool because you learn so much more about yourself and so much more about what you're capable of doing. So um, software engineering was also a practical choice. It doesn't pay fantastically well to be a musician and software engineers are you know, it's a slightly better lifestyle. So there was that as well. And um, so I went to a programming boot camp, did three years, of ver- three months rather, a very intense study and then started working as a developer right after that. So at the moment then, are you actually combining quite a lot of professional playing with the software or is it the software is the main thing? It's, it's a lot of both. 
so I do have a sort of nine to five day job, as most people do. And then I lead the Cambridge Philharmonic Orchestra. I also am playing a couple of um, a little tour next week, next month rather, um, and playing in a prom at the Royal Albert Hall. So I'm still I'm sort of slipping in bits here and there of professional playing. Um, so there is quite a good mix. I'm also now composing and recording my own music, which is something I've never had time to do before. So that's a nice new new thing for me. So the software engineering, is that your ideas or are you working for a company where you are developing somebody else's ideas or working as part of a team? How does um, it work? So I work for a company called Cambridge Cognition, which is a really interesting um, place to be because we work in the uh, pharmaceutical trial space. So we develop cognitive assessment tests. So I'm learning all about neuroscience as part of this job and how to run a clinical trial and all these sorts of little things that you, you don't really pick up as a classical violinist. And um, so yeah, I'm part of a team there and it's part of, um, part of it is implementing other people's requirements, but there's also a lot of direction you can take yourself about how to do the work. So it's a really interesting mix of, of people and, and skills there. Mm. I mean, do you think that there are quite a lot of professional musicians who, because they start playing their instruments so early, actually perhaps would have gone in a different direction Mm. given another opportunity yeah absolutely I think and I think a lot of the skills are very transferable I mean if you're a musician you're used to discipline and to working very hard and to um, thinking and reflecting about what you're doing and those skills translate into any industry I think Mm. and certainly into software where there's a lot to do with understanding patterns and and recognizing shapes and sort of architectural ideas in the same way that you might say, oh, this piece of music has an exposition and a development and a recap. Well, maybe this piece of code has a similar structure and and how can those map together? Because music and maths and things are very close, aren't they? Yes, yes. Uh, As we know. So are you teaching? Do you do any violin teaching these days? I do an occasional bit. Sometimes pupils come to me if they've got a lesson or a recital that they need to prepare for. Um, But I haven't really got a lot of time. (laughs) Sadly, I love teaching, but there (laughs) there just aren't quite enough hours in the day. Oh, I'm sure you could find a few. (laughs) So what might a typical week look like for you then, trying to mix the software and and also you're playing and rehearsing and practicing. Yeah, well, practicing is the tricky one. Um, just because it, when you're when you're a music student, you'll practice four to five hours a day on the violin, um, and maybe an hour or two of rehearsal with an ensemble. Basically, you'll be playing five to seven hours a day. Um, and then when you start working as a professional, it's still probably about six hours a day of playing. Maybe not practicing individually, but your hand, <clears throat> your instruments in your hand, and your muscles are working. But now that I'm working seven and a half hours a day doing something completely different. I I just don't have six hours in a day to keep the muscles up. So I've become very, very efficient about my practicing. Um, I have a very fancy paper blanks journal and I've been sharing all of these sort of tips with Cambridge Philharmonic people um, because we've all got you know jobs and we're all very busy. So working out very specifically what I need to practice and just being super, super diligent about only doing the stuff that I need to do and not sort of wasting time. Um, and I found it actually to be quite effective. So I, you don't miss the sort of glamorous jetting about and working with famous conductors in amazing concert halls? Um, well, there's... <laughs> yes, I mean, with the first day I finished as a programmer, I thought, hang on, why is no one applauding me? Because I'm <laughs> used to finishing a hard day's work and there's 2,000 people saying, like oh, you're wonderful. I Hand it over to someone and they give you a round. Yes, of quite. That, that does not happen in the software world. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yes, one does miss that and... Luckily, I do still get a bit of a fix um, for that. Of course, the, the flip side to that is you 
turn up at Heathrow at six in the morning and fly to Berlin and play a concert that night and back the next day. So it's a very tiring lifestyle. Um, so it's got you know, swings and roundabouts. Mm, I always think that when I've sung a concert and I look at the soloists out at the front thinking they're all getting a taxi to the station now and yeah. then they're not always going home. They're often going on to stay overnight for the next gig and it's yeah. not always... It's not always fun at all. Mm. It just seems so from us standing in the choir or sitting in, yeah. in the rest of the orchestra. And I think it's your personality type too. I think some people really love that sort of lifestyle. Mm. Um, but I, I like my slippers. So <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here, folks. She likes her slippers. <laughs> so in Cambridge, um, you're leading the Cambridge Philharmonic Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I started that um, two years ago. I split um, the job with the outgoing leader, Steve, who'd been in the orchestra for about 15 or so years, done a wonderful job and moved to Norfolk and decided quite rightly that a two-hour round-trip commute was a bit much. Um, So then this year was my first year um, taking the whole job on and it's been absolutely wonderful. Um, There's so many talented people in the orchestra and in the choir and we've done some fantastic repertoire, pieces I've played before in professional orchestras and pieces I've never played before. And it's it, it's been just great to, to have this welcome and this warm community in Cambridge. Mm. I think it's important also that people listening to this conversation, um, if you're not regular concert goer, then the leader of the orchestra very frequently has solo passages mm. in major works anyway. So you're still having to rehearse and practice you know, oh, absolutely. Own, own work there. Yeah, I mean, recently I was very lucky. We got to do Einheldenleben by Richard Strauss, which is um, it's one of the two biggest violin solos in the repertoire, the other one being Scheherazade. And um, getting to play that was a bit of a dream come true. But also there's a lot of notes in there and you've, <laughs> you've really got to be on top of it. <laughs> so software developing by day and, and still playing your... Your violin at a professional level by by evening, really, yeah. which is just an interesting way of of running your life. Yeah, well, I, quite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very lucky that my partner does the cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you've got to you've got to get a balance about these things. Yes, I think. Yes. But also, you're really interested in in writing and and other blogging and other things too. Yeah, I have a problem with being interested in too many things. Or I don't know if problem's the right word, but um, yes, I have. I have written a novel, um, which maybe at some point I'll get up the courage to try to publish. Um, it's set in 16th century England, and I was obsessed with William Byrd for quite some time. So he, the composer, he's a major character in the novel. Um, and yeah, I do quite a lot of blogging about mental health, about music, about the combination of music and software. I'm really interested in what the software world can teach music and vice versa in terms of habits, in terms of ways of looking at the world and ways of learning. Um, so yes, I tend to write about lots of different things. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So now I think I'm less intrigued because now I actually can see how this or why you made this great leap from being a professional jobbing violinist all over the world and decided that software development was going to be the thing for you. Mm, It's really interesting. I mean, at the moment I'm taking, um, just for fun, I'm taking Harvard's University's um, CS50, the Introduction to Computer Science, and it's stuff that I would never use in my day-to-day job, but it's wonderful, obscure stuff about how to allocate memory and a hard drive, and and it's just fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take your word for that. Yes. Well, wonderful, Paula Muldoon. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me for Women Making Waves. It's really interesting just to see how you can start off your life as a violinist and and move into this amazing world of software development. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. 
That was Paula Muldoon talking to Women Making Waves contributor Jan Moore. We've been listening to Jan Moore talking to violinist Paula Muldoon, leader very recently of the Cambridge Philharmonic Orchestra and has now become a software engineer. Incredible, isn't it? I know. You you kind of imagine that musicians are musicians, but she has the day job as well as a software engineer. It's actually quite interesting because I know a few people involved with software and in, in IT generally that are musicians. I think there is a correlation between the two. This kind of maths stroke numbers thing. Combining of music and maths yeah. is a very, very important part of it. Yes, it is. That's why she's so good at it, probably. Yeah. That's why she can do it. Yeah, it is. But what what a lot of talent and what an exciting and interesting life she's lived so far. And, and, and I dare say will continue to do so. And being invited to China to play over mm-hmm. there, but having to decline it because of commitments over here. But the opportunities that have arisen from not only a career that you thought you were going to stay with, as you say, for life, and then suddenly she's got another one. I know. And she's got this really interesting blog as well, which if you uh, go to our website, womenmakingwaves.co.uk, you'll find links to uh, to all of her, her Twitter account, as we do for all of our guests, actually.